Welcome to Foundation Church's weekly message. We hope you are equipped by this message from Pastor Tom Lively. For more information about our church, please visit foundationchurchfl.com. People are like, you know, marriage is hard. We have, we have conferences about it. We have, advice, we have books written about it, the 10 steps to do this and the 47 steps to do that. When all that it really takes is submitting yourself unto the Lord, your marriage will be great. Amen. It will be great. If you follow the word of God, it will be great. We have to name our struggles. We have to go ahead and air it out. What is your struggle? Name it. What is your struggle in your family? You already know what it is. Right at this very moment, you already know. It's like an altar call. Whenever you give an altar call, you barely need to say much because it will take care of itself. It's like just making a snowball and just rolling it downhill. It will take care of itself. Most of us already know. If, you're not, if you are not deceived, you already know what your struggle is. People who are deceived have no idea. We'll get into that. What is the struggle in your family? You already know what it is. Name it and name it out loud between you and God. What is the struggle in your marriage? Name it and name it out loud to your spouse. Quiet now. So you've got same service. I mean, same as the first service. Right when I said that one, man, the hush came over the room. That, that is my gifting and my power and my anointing is I bring hushes into rooms. What, what is everybody afraid of? See, listen, I don't just preach messages. I respond off of you. I look at your faces, and it actually changes my message. It really does. Because I'm like, why would, why would everybody be like, what is the struggle in your marriage? Hush. Why, why would that be? Because of fear. Husbands afraid of their wives. Wives afraid of their husbands, maybe. But it's mainly men afraid of their wives. It really is. They're afraid. They're afraid to say they're afraid. You should just go up. Listen, there's a look at me now. All you men, look at me. Some of you need to make an appointment with your spouse today. And I'm looking at the women's faces right now, and there's lots of women that are offended. Don't, don't say that. I want them to be afraid of me. Okay, great. What a lovely biblical marriage you have going. Do you read this thing? Is this who you are? Is this the Bible? I mean, is this your Bible? Ladies, I want my husband to be afraid of me. Mama ain't happy, whole house ain't happy. That's Southern folklore, that's not the Bible. Some of you need to schedule an appointment with yourselves today in your marriage, and husbands, you need to go and look your wife in the eye and say, I'm not afraid of you. You know it's true. You just need to start, we're gonna talk about confession today. It's not just confessing your sins, you need to confess what's true. You start confessing. Maybe it's not true initially, but maybe the more you confess it, it'll become true. I'm not afraid of you. I'm not afraid of you. I'm not afraid of you. (laughs) Tom, why do you always talk? Because I'm sick and tired of seeing it. I never will understand why men castrate themselves. I'm going to line up. Let me just get in line to castrate myself. So many men have been clipped and they don't even know it. They're so deceived, they don't even know they've been clipped. Oh man, I'm trying to stay on task, stay on task. I mean, come on. If it's you, admit it. 
See, I can tell you this. My house goes the way that I'm going. If I defy God and I walk away from the Bible, hope will walk away and do what, not necessarily walk out of our marriage or anything like that. But she would, if I quit church, if I quit pastoring, she'd be in church. And you should do that. But if it's a godly man or ladies, a guy trying to be godly, I've seen this happen many times in this church. Women bring their husbands foolishly to me. I want my husband saved. So I bring him in, we get him saved, they become a man, they're uncastrated, I don't know how that would work, reattachment. <laughs> There's a reattachment that somehow spiritually occurs, and then their husbands hate them. This is what a man is. They lost their control. Some of you know it, you know it's you. You don't, men, you don't command your house. Why, why is that? Well, you know, I've been watching Everybody Loves Raymond and King of Queens my whole life and all the other shows and all the men are castrated fools. So that's what I became, <laughs> lovely. So the baby butchers formed who you are as a husband. You think there's a lot of choice in my house? There's choice within the realm, but there's not choice. You're like, man, this, I, I walked into a male chauvinist pig. No, you didn't. You walked into a man who follows the Bible. Yeah. See, the thing is, you need to know this. With, be, with, with being the head of your house, it doesn't mean I lord over it. I, you can ask my wife. You can get to her before I can. I probably, You can. You can get to her before I can. I'll head out that door. You can beat me to her. Ask her. I don't lord over anybody. I'm not mean or nasty, but I can tell you. That I'm the president of the company. She might be the CEO, but I'm the president. Why? Because that's what God has said to do. It's in Ephesians chapter 5, verses 22 and 25. Read it for yourself. Confess it. I am not the priest of my home, and I need to be. Why would you not say it? Well, I go to a men's support group for castrated men, and... We just sit there and talk bad about our wives all day. Now, we never should have lined up. My wife told me, we made an appointment for you, and I didn't really know what it was. Next thing I came out, and I was a gelding. I have no idea what happened. It was called the day we got married. This is why the church is what it is. COVID-19, close. Geldings. They're a bunch of geldings. All the pastors, geldings. You can't stand up to that. Anthony Fauci's four feet tall. No wonder you're scared of your wife. And Anthony Fauci's smaller than she is, and you won't stand up to her, him either. What is the struggle in your finances? I can tell you part one. Since about 60 to 70% of the church does not tithe, What's the struggle in your finances? Your Lord. You're the Lord. Say it out loud. My struggle is I'm the Lord. Why won't you say it? I spent my walk this morning, not my whole walk, but a portion of my walk this morning, confessing to God. Lord, I repent of this. I repent of this. There's like five things. I repent of it, Lord. I'm not going to hide from God. What's the point? Well, I've got everybody else's fooled. I got everybody else fooled. Good luck with that on the day of judgment. 
But God sees right to the heart and mind. Man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. 1 Samuel 16, 7. What is the People think that just has to do with, with being handsome, because David was handsome. It's got nothing to do with it. It has to do with the portrait that you paint. There are so many haughty Christians. That is the, one of the major problems inside the church is haughtiness, and it's one of the seven abominations of God. In Proverbs 6, 16 through 19, there are six things the Lord hates, seven that are an abomination to him. Haughty eyes and a lying tongue. A false witness who pours out lies. You carry around a portrait of yourself that's false. Oh, I have my Bible. I must be. Whenever somebody comes to me and they start giving me their credentials, you're done. <laughs> hey, Tom, you know, we're looking to serve in the church. Do you know that I was the bishop of whatever? My mind just went, Pow. I don't need your credentials. I don't even care about them. People, I will look at your fruit. Your kid's saved. You win anybody to the Lord ever? You bring anybody to church ever? Otherwise, I don't have a whole lot of interest in you leading here. You need to come out. I told you this last week. There has never been a person that left this church that outperformed me. They only left because they were offended. They didn't win more souls. They didn't raise more people from the dead. I haven't raised anybody from the dead. I'm just saying it was zero. We, I had zero. They had zero. They hadn't healed anybody. Anybody more than I have? Not one. People need to be honest with themselves and stop believing the portrait that they're painting that everybody else believes because God, man is looking at that outward appearance. Man is looking at what you say. That's outward appearance. God looks straight to the heart. Straight to it. You barely ever need to speak. That's why he says, let your words be few. Do not be quick with your mouth. Do not be hasty in your heart to utter anything before God. God is in heaven. You are on earth. So let your words be few. Ecclesiastes 5.2. What is the struggle in your finances? Malachi 3.8-11. Will a man rob God? Test me in this one thing? And nobody told, oh, here comes a pastor after my money. I'm not after your money at all. I don't need it. Listen, I don't need it. I'm not bragging. I'm just telling you to put your heart at ease. Just like I'm going to tell you, I'm watching the clock so everybody can relax. We will leave. I don't preach on and on and on and on. So you can relax and just enjoy the show. I don't need your money at all. I can leave. I am financially sufficient without the church. Don't need it. I preach because I want to preach, not because I need to preach. So you can relax. You can relax. If you give a lot more, that doesn't mean I make more. My salary does not change until I go to my board and I say to them, my accountability board, it's not a decision-making board, I advise them of what I'm doing. I don't ask them, I advise them so they know, so there's accountability. I'll go to Travis, I'll go to Jeff Tomas, and I'll say, I need to take a raise. And they'll, they'll either be in agreement or they won't be. If they're not in agreement, then I'll reconsider. But since my salary has grown from zero and then I made $7,000 a year and $12,000 a year when I was working at the sheriff's office, nobody really questions me too much. I'm not after your money. You want to pull out of the, the drudgery of being broke? Then you need to give. You're not going to have an orchard of apples without an apple seed going into the ground. Why do we never prosper? Because there's no seed in the ground. 
Well, yeah, but there's all these millionaires and billionaires that aren't saved, that prosper. They're still planting seed. They're planting it with the devil. Corruption is what it's called. Go to, the, go to the root of most corporations. There's rampant, unabashed corruption. Look at the, go look at Bill Gates' history sometime. What is the struggle with your health? If you have a health problem, understand God wants you well. He doesn't want you limping. He doesn't want you sniff. He doesn't want you uh, with snot coming out of your nose. He wants you well. So what is it a struggle not to be well? I certainly look at it that way. I hardly ever get sick, but when I have, to me it's a failure. It's a struggle. It's not just to me. It's the Bible. It's a failure to not be well. It's quiet on that one. I know you're afraid. But when when Jesus said in Matthew 8, 16 and 17, he took up our infirmities and carried our diseases, then they're gone. I almost almost arranged this with Aaron to show you a video this morning of Ted Nugent. Why would you do that, Tom? Because we have an entirely wrong concept of everything. There's a way that seems right to a man. Proverbs 14, 12. There's a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. We think of you're old when you're 70. You're not. You're designed to live Another 50 years after that. 50. And at the average age of death in America, we lost a year. It's now 77. I'll show you Ted Nugent, who's somewhere between 70 and 75, I can't remember. Just going on. He looks like he's 48 and just shredding. He just came up, turned on his phone. It's like 4 million people watched it. I can't get 400, but he's got 4 million people watching. And he just starts shredding. He's like 73. He, you know why? He doesn't acknowledge it. He doesn't think like, for as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. He's not saved, I'm just telling you. He doesn't think that way. He doesn't think he's old. Geraldo Rivera is getting close to 80. He, he, he married some girl. He's still popping out kids. It's been a while since he has, but I mean, I'm talking about he married that girl when he was well into his 60s. You don't know what he is. What do we think about our health? The Bible's what you should be thinking. My spirit shall not strive with man forever, for he is indeed flesh, yet his days shall be 120 years. Genesis chapter 6, verse 3. So stop, start reversing your aging. Knock off the, oh, e, oh, I'm this and that. Knock it off. (laughs) What's your struggle in your health? I don't care what it is. God wants you well. All you need to do is cast down unbelief and you will get well. What's the struggle in your mind? I struggle with bipolar. That's just a big fallacy. Depression, fallacy. Do you believe addiction is sin or do you believe it's a disease? For as you think in your heart, so is he. It's sin. What's the struggle in your mind? For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. Therefore, the verse before that, therefore I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of hands. You have to take the attack to it. Stir it up. 
I am well. I am powerful because that's what God says I am. Period. Oh, my feelings really aren't reflecting it. Your feelings, your feelings are no different than gas. None. And how much do you consider that? They're no different. Your feelings are a bodily function. Consider them the same way. Well, I don't have a struggle. Does your fruit testify to that? Are you sure you don't have a struggle? Where are all the souls? Where are all the healings? Where are all the people you bring to church? There's a struggle because you're held back. Something, your fruit is telling something different than your testimony. Luke chapter 6, verse 44, for every tree is known by its fruit. Matthew chapter 12, verse 33, either make the tree good or make the tree bad. For a tree is known by its fruit. I don't have a struggle. Would your spouse say that? Those that you live with, would they say that? I don't have a struggle. Would your spouse say you're not moody? Being moody means that you're living in a weak mind. You give in to whatever it is, whatever the gas is telling you. Well, I feel this way, therefore it's reality. That's a country music song, that's not the Bible. The Bible says, take those thoughts captive, make them obedient to Christ. Second Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5. That's what you do. You don't have an option, by the way. Well, I'm going to have a mental health day. Take your mental health days. That's what they're worth. Same thing, gas, or whatever it is you put in the toilet. You're welcome. Told you, highly offensive. Not holding back like I usually do. We need to stop living in denial and start naming struggles. Who didn't name struggles? Saul didn't. King Saul, he didn't name struggles. He just denied them. Prophet comes up to him, what are the lowing of sheep that I hear in the background that I told you to kill? And oh, I did that to bring a sacrifice to the Lord. Ananias and Sapphira didn't. Did you, are you giving us the amount that you sold the property for? Oh, Yes. Now you're dead. Congratulations. Be way worse where they went for all of eternity. Tom, we don't, we don't talk about those things. This isn't a Presbyterian church. This is not a Catholic church. We talk about those things. I was raised Catholic. Never talked about hell. Should have. So I would have died between the age of 1 and 18. I would have gone straight to hell. Nobody told me because that was too sensitive of a subject. We don't take that literally here. What is your struggle? Flush it out. Live in the light. And I'm not talking about some sort of mysterious light, some sort of Hallmark movie light. I'm talking about transparent light. I'm talking about light that illuminates a room to the place you can barely keep your eyes open. It brings out everything. You know, the kind of lights that we used to flash in people's eyes when I pulled them over on the side of the room. Why do the cops have those mag lights that light up everything? Because you want to see everything that's in that car. I want to know where that guy's hands are. I can see. You don't like that the flashlight's in their face? Well, it's just the price of doing business. I'm talking about that sort of light. You've got to learn to live in it. First John chapter 1, verses 5 and 6. 
This is the message we have heard from him and declare to you. God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him, yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live by the truth. You have to live in complete transparency. You already are anyway. God already knows it all anyway. Why would we hide our struggles? So the church doesn't think I'm struggling? So my friends don't think I struggle? Air it out, flush it out, live in the light. John chapter three, verse 20. For everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light, lest their deeds be exposed. Expose them. Many Christians need to start off with, I don't believe the Bible. Start off with it. Well, you know, it's the Pentecostal church that says that you should speak in tongues. That's not what the Bible says. But I don't think it says there in, in Acts chapter 8. I mean, in, Act, in Acts or in 1 Corinthians that it says that the Pentecostal churches will speak in tongues. But the Baptist churches won't. Oh, interesting. Because Paul said, I wish you all spoke with tongues. And I'm glad I speak with tongues more than you all. Right? Well, that makes me uncomfortable. Again, that's gas. Or worse, flush it. Hit that handle. Gone. Don't be stiff-necked. Stiff-necked is not an attribute. Stubbornness is not an attribute. Where do you get that from? Just the Bible. Don't ever let the Bible get in the way of your theology. Listen to this verse. It's Proverbs chapter 29, verse 1. Whoever remains stiff-necked stiff -necked after many rebu rebukes will suddenly be destroyed without remedy. And stubbornness does well. You see, Christians don't get it. A lot of them are already destroyed. This is the New Testament, so you're not without remedy. You could be fixed. Not unless you stop being stiff-necked, though. I tell people all the time, you know what? You are actually, you've been herded into a corral by God. You preach heresy, you live heresy, so God has put you into a corral so that you're ostensibly useless for the rest of your life, but at least you're not causing other people to fall away through your heresy, through your hypergrace, through your covetology, closing your church for a virus. It's heresy. It's against the word of God. It's not just not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, Hebrews chapter 10, 26 and 27. It's not just that. It's that you should be preaching Psalm 91. No plague should draw near my dwelling. He took up our infirmities and carried our diseases. Whatever's bound is bound. Whatever's loose is loose. You're preaching heresy by closing your church. It's heresy to close your church. You're not, you're not a, a community partner and a good neighbor. You're not, you're not living love for thy neighbor. You're preaching heresy. To obey is better than your compassion. People go, look at my compassion and my kindness. To obey is better than that sacrifice. But it seems so much better. No, to obey is better. But it seems, no, to obey is better. I don't care what, I don't care what excuses Christians give you. To obey is better. Well, look at all the approval that we got from the community. 
You know, we got, the, we got the Chamber of Commerce and, you know, the YMCA and all of our local representative baby butchers are all saying, look at that great church. They're just like Burger King. We got Burger King to close and we got them to close. The church of Jesus Christ is equal with a Whopper. That's what they've done. Stiff-necked people. Right now, there are so many Christians, they know they've gummed their lives up through their caving to COVID, but they won't repent because they're stiff-necked. If they do, they'll have to admit crazy people like me were right. It's worth more to them to ruin their lives, to cast this world under the umbrella and the auspices of the dragon than it is for them to repent. It is. They would rather be right in the eyes of men than the eyes of God. And I'm talking about the modern evangelical movement, which is the Catholic Church of 2021. Whenever you put your kindness and your compassion above the word of God, you are just like the devil who did the exact same thing. He, did the, he said, I'm going to be greater than God, and I'm going to be just like God. So when you say, you know what, I'm going to follow, I, I believe the Bible, but we have to use wisdom, devil. It's exactly what the devil did. You know, I'll read it to you. I did it in the first, where is it? Here it is. Isaiah 14, 12 through 16, the fall of Lucifer. How you, are, how you are fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning. How you are cut down to the ground. You have weakened the nations. For you have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will also sit on the mount of the congregation on the furthest sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. Yet you shall be brought down to Sheol, to the lowest depths of the pit. Those who see you will gaze at you and consider you, saying, Is this the man who made the earth tremble, who shook the kingdoms? You don't ever, you, do, you never temper the word of God with your opinions and your wisdom. Ever. It doesn't matter how radical the word of God is, that is what is correct. Period. Period. Every time. Don't be stiff-necked. Don't be purposely afflicted. Don't be purposely afflicted by your own stubbornness. Let's look at stubbornness. First of all, let's look at affliction. Proverbs 15, 15. All the days of the afflicted are evil. All the days of the afflicted are evil, but he that is of a merry heart hath a continuous feast. Those of you who like to be melancholy, you like to put on some sad music and dwell in your melancholiness. You know, drive, I'm in a sad mood today, so I'm going to play sad songs. My, my heart's hurting today. I got a boo-boo on my feelings, so I'm going to play sad songs. And all the days the afflicted are evil, but he that is of a merry heart hath a continual feast. You need to be rushing towards being merry. You need to rush towards putting on a sacrifice of joy. Put it on. I don't want to be a fraud. Be a fraud. Put it on. You're not a fraud to anything when you are putting on joy. 
You're taking every thought captive and making it obedient to Christ. Let's look at stubbornness. 1 Samuel 15, 23. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. In America, stubbornness is as an attribute. Well, I'm just stubborn, man. I'm stick with, no, no, you're, you're full of sin and idolatry. Why would it be idolatrous to be stubborn? Because you are Lord. You are Lord. You, all these, all these coveteers out there right now who lock down their families, people from this church, yes, I'm talking to you. We're banned from YouTube for two weeks, so I'm talking to you exclusively on Facebook. I'm talking to you. Those of you that quarantined yourselves, strap masks on your little kids, teaching them to live in fear, and now you know you're wrong. You know you're wrong on day 370-something of 15 days to flatten the curve. A bistro owner was just arrested in Michigan on Friday. Have you, have you watched the news in Canada? You need, you need to follow an outfit called Rebel News. They're gone. Look at me. Canada's gone. And we're barely hanging on. They're gone. England's gone. Australia's barely hanging on. Gone. They live in a complete totalitarian lockdown in Canada to this day. And ain't nobody died of COVID. Their death rate is minuscule. Of course, they count their deaths right, unlike us. They count their votes and their deaths right. They don't have, there is no voting machines in Canada. They sit there, there's two scrutineers per ballot. Every ballot, there's a person counting, and there's two people like this. What do we do? Mark Zuckerberg gives $400 million, that's not an exaggeration, local jurisdiction, puts out drop boxes. And now we got Joe Biden, who can't walk upstairs without falling. <laughs> the greatest baby butchering, senile old man that has ever, ever set foot in the Oval Office. The evil in that place is palpable. And all because the Christians went down first. First. Oh, Fauci. Oh, Fauci. Oh, Fauci. Moronic fools. Blind leaders of the blind, they've both fallen into a ditch. I don't think it's changed. You see, we, we live, you may be like me. I live in oblivion. I see you guys, I hug everybody. I've been, I haven't stopped hugging one person since March of last year. Ever. As a matter of fact, I started hugging people more on purpose. <laughs> Just out of spite. I do a lot of things out of spite. I can't take revenge because Romans 12, 19 says I can't, but I'll do things out of spite. I'll sit, I will sit there in the presence of my enemy, Psalm 23. I'll sit there and I'll hug people. I will make sure I hug people. I would love the media to catch me hugging people. Don't think it's changed because you may live in oblivion like I do. Good, live in it. Surround yourself with people who are like-minded. I have from day one. 
Of course, this church never closed, never locked down, never mitigated whatsoever, not one thing. And the only church that I go to on a regular basis is the River Church outside of this one. They never closed, never locked down, never mitigated. Jam-packed, full 2,000 people. Jam-packed right next to each other. They're so packed that you have to stagger yourself when you're worshiping. You have to kind of stand in front of the person, otherwise you sit there and hit each other in the head all service long. They're that close to one another. It is, because I was talking to one of the pastors up there. It's like, we live in a different world, don't we? And I said, yeah. We do, because it's like nothing ever happened here. Just drive to Home Depot. I was parking cars for the Braves on Friday. You're like, Tom, what on earth were you doing parking cars? Because a buddy of mine runs an outfit that they park cars and the money goes to, uh, to veterans. So I owed him a bunch of favors too from the sheriff's office. So I was out there parking cars. I've never seen such a clumping of morons in my life. <laughs> Every person, they're going, first of all, you're being assimilated as you go to these stupid games. What do I mean by that? Tom, aren't you a sports fan? I was. I don't know if I am anymore or not. I like the UFC because Dana White stood up to him. He said, you know what, I'll just go build my own island then. You guys can all pound stand or do what I always tell you to do, shove it up your caboose. I'll go do my own thing. So I have respect for him. But all these people, you go into a stadium that's built for 10,000 and they allow 1,500 in there? 2,000, it's either 25 or 1,500. No, thank you. I'm not going to sit in a stadium next to a bunch of cardboard cutout fans. I'm not going to do it. I don't get any of these people. I don't get how you're celebrating in Tampa that Tampa Bay won a Super Bowl. What kind of Super Bowl is an 11-game season? COVID-mitigated season? No crowd? Super Bowl where the stadium holds 85,000, they let 25 in? I'm not going to assimilate to that. I'm not going to participate. They're not taking your stupid vaccine. They're, listen, they're banning the AstraZeneca to understand something. And this was Donald Trump, too. As much as I love Trump because he's pro-life, he did this. He gave hundreds of millions of dollars to AstraZeneca. One country after another right now is closing it down because it's causing blood clots. Blood clots. That's what's called a stroke. Not good. The complaints coming into the VAERS system, that's V-A-E-R-S. It's about vaccine complaints in the United States alone are in the tens of thousands with multiple stillbirths, multiple miscarriages. Let's jam that thing in your arm. You got pastors praying for a vaccine and opening up their church for vaccine lines. That's not what it says here. No, that's too radical. you got to use wisdom. No, thank you. No, thank you. I'm not using your wisdom. I'm not like Satan who considers himself equal with God or above God. I choose not to be like the father of lies whose native language is lying. I choose the word of God. And I'm called a heretic by the modern evangelical movement, which is the modern-day Catholicism. Because it will not yield. I said in the first service, this blasts a lot of people. What makes, what makes Catholics what they are? I was raised Catholic and say whatever I want. I was a Catholic until I was 18 years old. What makes a Catholic a Catholic? Violating scripture. We have Christians, evangelical Christians, who call themselves intercessors. That's heresy. But there is one God 
and one mediator between God and men. One. The man, Jesus Christ. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 5. That's it. Doesn't mean you can't be a prayer warrior, but you are not an intercessor. You don't have the right, and it's heresy. It's blasphemy to say that you're an intercessor. What are you, a priest? Christ is the end of the law, so that there may be righteousness for everyone who believes. Romans chapter 10, verse 4. We need to stop preaching heresy in the evangelical movement. Here's my spiritual father. Spiritual father, really? Oh, really? In Matthew chapter 23, Jesus says, Do not call anyone on earth father, for you have one father, and his name is in, and his name, and his, and he dwells in heaven. That's it. Spiritual father, spiritual mother, what are you doing? You're ushering in heresy. You go with the Bible. Don't be stiff-necked. Go with the Bible. Don't have a portrait of yourself that's immune to the truth. Be brokenhearted. Acknowledge the struggle out loud. Psalm chapter 34, 18 through 20. Listen to how this is tied into health. The Lord is nigh to them that are of a broken heart, and save the such as be of a contrite spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord, the Lord, will deliver him out of them all. He keepeth all his bones. Not one of them is broken. If you're broken before the Lord, unbelief goes away. Therefore, no bones are broken. You gotta confess before the Lord. Don't defend yourself. Confess. Well, confess, you know, that sounds awfully religious. No, it's the Bible. When you go home today, read 1 John chapter 1, the entire thing. We're going to dive into it, but read the entire thing and tell me that confession is religion. It is not. It's the Bible. Jesus is the Bible. So Jesus likes confession. Jesus is confession. There's nothing wrong with it. Don't defend yourself. Confess. That means confess what is evil and confess what is good. You need to say out loud, I am the righteousness of God in Christ, Christ Jesus. I am a joint heir. I am saved. I am whole. I am spiritually sound. I am powerful. Confess. Confess. If there's a struggle, confess. Don't be, don't, everyone, for everyone practicing evil hates the light. Don't be like that. Don't be like the devil. Don't be like Saul. Don't be like Ananias and Sapphira. So you confess what's evil, you confess what's righteous, but it always means don't defend yourself. Even when you're confessing righteousness, you're not defending yourself. You're admitting, I, have, I am nothing. Therefore, I confess what is Christ, because I'm nothing. You never defend yourself ever you're free for the rest of your life you never have to defend yourself some of you that destroys your life this is all you do you have to look at the vibe of the bible yeah look at it god is big on confession what does confess mean here it is out of the webster's dictionary to acknowledge or avow a fault, a crime, a misdeed, a weakness, by way of revelation. To own or admit as true. 
So you can confess the positive. I'm a joint heir with Jesus Christ. Romans chapter 8, 16 and 17. To declare or acknowledge one's sins, especially to God. And there you go. That's what it means. Look at the first chapter of 1 John. Here we go. Starting with verse 5 and 6. I read these to you already. This is light and darkness. It's entitled Light and Darkness, Sin and Forgiveness. Light is confession. If you don't confess things, you're not living in the light. This is the message we have heard from you, from him, and declare to you, God is light, confession is light, in him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live by the truth. Living in the darkness means what? The opposite of confession. Living in the darkness means concealment. What's going on at the southern border right now? Nobody's allowed in. Not a soul. The, the most transparent administration in history. Nobody can go into any facility there. You know who can't go into those facilities? Do you know? It's not just the media. As horrible as Donald Trump was with the kids in cages. Now they're kids in storage containers. I'd rather have a cage so I could breathe. But as horrible, allegedly, as he was, right? Everybody was allowed in. They would never stop ride-alongs with the Border Patrol. The media had free access to all the facilities. That is all gone. That's living in the darkness, living in concealment. You know who else can't get in? Police. So you have these girls. What, what's going on at the border right now? 100,000 people a month are crossing the border unfettered. Unfettered. Allegedly, there's a big plague out there. They're untested, unfettered. Go right in. 100,000 a month. Look at me now. January, 100,000. February, 100,000. March, 100,000. April will be 100,000, 700 kids a day. So you have these kids. You pay 5,000 bucks. They're transported up. They bring them to various locations. They're sex trafficked. They're raped. And then they're sitting in one of their storage containers next to their rapist. And nobody can talk to him. Governor Abbott from the state of Texas, he's not allowed in to Texas holding facilities. So there's not a detective that can walk in and say, what happened to you, 10-year-old girl? The 15-year-old raped me multiple times on our three-week journey up here. And he's sitting right here, and he's still raping me in the storage container. That is evil. That's darkness. It's concealment. Everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light lest their deeds be exposed. They don't want anybody getting in there because they don't want to know about the young girls being trafficked by the thousands. They don't want to know. They'd rather live in the darkness. That's why the evil, Satan's presence is palpable in the White House. The darkness is agenda-driven. Jesus could perform as many miracles as he wanted in front of the Pharisees, but they would never give up their statue. I talked about this in the first, in the first service with the man with the shriveled arm in the synagogue. They actually brought the man before Jesus so they could find a reason to arrest him, knowing Jesus was God and knowing Jesus would heal him on the Sabbath and violate their law. You're bringing somebody who you know is infirmed to get the man who's going to heal him arrested. 
That sounds familiar. Is it not? Sounds like the modern church. Rodney Howard Brown was turned in by other evangelicals. They snapped pictures. They were shot videos in his service. Proverbs 28, 13. He who covers his sins will not prosper. That's why God's got you in the corral. Safely isolated from his flock. I've seen it so many times, folks, all these people that drift from church to church who believe that their ministry is tearing down pastors. You're like, Tom, you tear down pastors. I don't go from church to church and go to pastors and say, hey, how are you doing? I'm a pastor of pastors, and I'm here to tell you everything you're doing wrong. You know what I do when I go to Rodney Howard Brown's church? Keep my mouth shut and worship God. doesn't mean that I endorse every last thing I see in churches that I go to, but on the whole, I keep my mouth shut. They don't ask, I don't tell. I'm not, listen, I'm not looking for people's opinions. I've got, I've got accountability. Hey, Tom, can, you know, we'd like to meet with you. Uh, uh, you've come to this church one time. No. Hey, Tom, can we do some lunch sometime? No. I had this guy that was hovering around the church came on days when I wasn't even here. Can I talk to Tom? Do you attend this church? No. Okay, no. I, listen, there's three, 400 people that attend this church. I'm not gonna go and be somebody's pastor who has no interest in me being, being their pastoral authority. I've told a guy, I ticked a guy off one time. He's, he, came, he, he showed up at this church sporadically every now and then for a couple years, then no-showed for four, and then came in one Sunday, and then he wants to make an appointment to talk to me. No. To attend the church for a while. You're like, Tom, you know, what if, what if this and what if that? He's 48 years old. He can take care of himself. I told him, I said, do you want a pastor? Go to a church. Not, I'm, not, I'm not here to sit here and enable peoples that are corralled away from the flock on purpose by God. I want to air my, I want to cleanse my, no. You know what? No. You want to get things right? Talk to God and repent. He who covers his sins will not prosper, but whoever confesses and forsakes them will have mercy. And that's not just for sin. That's for whatever your struggle is. If your struggle is sin, you have the potentiality of going to hell for it. But your struggle could just be something like moodiness and it's destroying your life. I've, listen, I've known people like that. And you know what's so funny about them is they always expect everybody to forgive them every time. They're on this day, so they want everybody to be on with them and happy with them. Hey, I'm on today. I'm available to be happy today. So everybody has to be happy and everybody has to buy in. And oh, I'm having a bad day today. It's treating everybody, your dog cussing everybody. But I'm happy again the next day, so everybody's got to come back again. Eventually, you know what I say to them? Matthew 7, 6. Give not that which is holy unto the dogs, neither cast ye pearls before swine, lest they trample them under their feet and turn again and rend you. No thank you to your moods. That's for some of you in this room, by the way. The enablers and the moody ones. Are you the one that makes your house a living hell? Stop making excuses about your, your synapses firing inside your mind, which is gas, and start taking your thoughts captive and actually be kind to people. Try it. Try the Bible over your carnality. The sinful mind is hostile toward God. 
Moody people are hostile toward God. They do not submit to God's law, nor can they do so. Those controlled by that sinful nature cannot please God. If you're moody, you're controlled by your sinful nature. By the way, that's Romans chapter 8, 7 and 8. You're welcome. Just trying to help. You want your life to change? You want to start raising the dead, giving sight to the blind, and winning the lost? You're going to have to get out of your struggle. Or God's going to take you. I didn't say you're going to hell. If it's not sin, you're not going to hell. You can be moody, go right to heaven. And when you get there, you will shed tears over what you did not accomplish because you never took those thoughts captive and made them obedient to Christ. I'm confounded by that because I have wasted years of my life allowing my feelings to dominate me. Not anymore. Not anymore. It's great practice today because this, today I found out this morning, you get a message, so I always hate whenever my phone goes off 8, 8 o'clock Sunday morning. Hate it. It's never good news. It's never, hey, Tom, I'm coming to church today bringing a million dollars. Never. It's always some church member either going, hey, we're not going to be there today, or Aaron telling me something's broke. Today it was we just got banned off YouTube again. Well, normally what we do is we take our videos down, but we forgot to take our video down last night, so they can't. We take them down immediately after we're live, so they can't go back. We've taken them all down because they went back and banned me for one that I did two months ago that was left on. So we take them all down, but we forgot last night, so we got banned because of, I, I put out false information, which I did not. I read CDC stats right off the webpage. You may sue their rear ends. Tired of those people. But for a while, I'm, doing, I'm out walking when I found out. So I start, and there's an expression that comes over my face that my dog smells. She smells it. She instantly distances. I'm not kidding you. We walk. She's 40 yards away from me looking back. She knows I'm all ticked off now. So I'm not going to allow this to destroy my day. I'm, then I'm just letting the devil win. But the YouTube is a bunch of baby butchers. Why do I let them dictate to me? Like all the other crap. I'd be no different than a mask wearer. First John chapter 1, verse 7, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sins. So fellowship is confession. Light is confession. Light is fellowship. James chapter 5, verse 16, confess your faults one to another. All that anybody ever talks about is the last line of this verse. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. That's all anybody ever says. That's James 5, 16. No, it's not. James 5.16 starts with confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that you may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. How do, you, how do you get healed? How do you become an effectual prayer? Confess. Why is everybody afraid? Confess it. Smoking dope right now? I smoke dope. You got a chance of going to heaven. You got a chance then. You conceal it. You're just like Biden at the border, BB. You're a BB, Biden border. Bunch of storage containers. Don't be a mocker. I want to, I want to challenge you with something. Man, it's late. You want me to keep going or stop? Yeah. <laughs> I'll keep going. Go about 10 more minutes. Don't be a mocker. I want to challenge you. Try to bring correction to somebody's true struggle. Not what they say is their struggle. 
Not, not what's, not what's uh, palpable to the cow, coffee house Christianity. What their real struggle is, bring it to them and see how people respond. I'm not at all testifying of being perfect. I'm not. But when people bring to me what's true, I accept it. I apologize. Some, I've apologized to several people in this room. I could have blown them off. Oh, I'm the pastor of the church. I'm just the same as you. So when I blow it, I go to somebody's face and I go, I was wrong. That's what you do. But I, I challenge you sometimes, just for the fun of it, just for the fun of it, address somebody's real struggle that doesn't want it, that doesn't want it addressed. Try it. Proverbs chapter 9, verses 7 and 8. Whoever corrects a mocker invites insult. Whoever rebukes a wicked man incurs abuse. Those are people who are unwilling, unwilling to confess unto repentance. Do not rebuke a mocker or he will hate you. Rebuke a wise man and he'll love you. So when you get rebuked by somebody and it's true, rebuke just means fervent correction. When somebody comes and rebukes you and it's true, love them. Thank you for setting me free. Thank you for setting me free. Back to 1 John chapter 1, verse 8. If we claim to live without sin, many churches preach this today. No, we don't, we don't preach that. You never mention it, so you don't preach it. Well, we want people to save. We're, we want people to stay. We're a seeker-sensitive congregation. We want people to say, so we don't mention sin because we want them to continue to come. So how are they ever going to discover that which you never tell them? Right? So for all intents and purposes, this verse right here is the modern evangelical church, which is the modern Catholic church. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves. And the truth is not in us. Again, this isn't just sin. Understand it's any sort of struggle. If we claim to not be struggling when we are, the truth does not live on the inside of us. We'll close with looking at deception. Revelation chapter 20, verse 10. And the devil, who deceived them. Now remember, God likes confession. The devil likes deception. And the devil who deceived them and the modern church is almost completely and totally shut down and deceived. When I was parking those cars on Friday, first of all, I found out that Americans have no idea how to drive a car. None. I, I don't understand how you can't park your car. I, I don't get it. You're, you're driving, you know, a... I'm trying to think of any car right now. All I can think of is my own car. Uh, Toyota Camry. Driving a Toyota Camry, just a regular car, and you can't park it straight? You have, you, you, your car is all the way into the other lane? I'm talking by the hundreds, these people. I'm, I'm trying to direct them. You've got to come wide. I'm directing them. Got to come wide. Got to come wide. And what do they do? They just come right for the thing, and then they're stuck, and they stand there. I'm like, you've been driving for 60 years? 
You started off, your first car was a 57 Chevy, and you can't park your 2020 Toyota Camry in a spot that's three times the size of your car? I'm not kidding you. And all these people getting out, it was literally the zombie apocalypse. Get your mask on. Get your mask on. All the little tiny three-year-olds with masks on. Deception is all that it is. They're being assimilated. And the devil, Revelation 20.10, heading towards the end here. Who deceived them was thrown into the lake of burning sulfur. It's not discussed in the modern Catholic church. Yeah, no kidding. Which is the modern evangelical movement. Remember all the churches I described? West this and, and coast that and abundance this and life that. They never talk about the Bible. They're ushering people straight to hell. They never mention a word about sin. They don't mention a word about true struggle. You struggling with loneliness. Don't do life. You know, we don't want to do life alone. Our life groups. It's great. You go to 47 life groups a year and go straight to hell. Because nobody mentions one word that you're living with your girlfriend. And because you are, you're going to go to hell for it. Not a word's mentioned. Because we want to show our love. Just like we want to show our love by closing down our church and being just like Burger King. No indoor eating, but you can do the drive through just like the church. Can't come in and eat, but we'll do a service for you. Turn to, you know, 6, 10 a.m. The pastor will preach a message. Everybody stay in your cars with your windows rolled up. Because you don't want to catch the Rona. Can't have that Rona leaping from car to car. Where the beast and the false prophet had been thrown. They will be tormented day and night forever and ever, it says. And that is the result of deception. Some, listen, some of you need to go to God today and say to the Lord, am I deceived? Ask him. He will tell you. James chapter 1 verse 6 says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all abundantly and without reproach. That's all you've got to do. But let him ask in faith with no doubting. For your doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. So when God comes to you and says, you need to give up being a Calvinist, boom, give it up. God told me I had to stop being Catholic. I used to go to both. I used to sneak out of my house on Sunday morning because everybody was asleep. And go off with my friend to Inglewood Church of God. Scared me to death every Sunday. I had no idea what was going on, but I had to go. Had to go. And I went to Catholic Church Saturday night, and God told me, I remember sitting in the, it was St. whatever in Port Charlotte. St. Francis, probably. They're all St. Francis. <laughs> Actually, it was St. Charles Bar- Bartholomew is what it was. Right next to Dr. What was the Fawcett Memorial down there? I was sitting there and God said, this is your last Sunday. All right, right, God, I won't go back. That was it. Boy, my parents were thrilled. (laughs) Some of you need to make that stand. Hmm, I'm I'm trying to stop, so I'm going to go. Mark chapter 13, verse 5 says, watch out that no one deceives you. Now, there's where we're going to finish. 
I'm finishing with three verses and one question. Who most often deceives us? Don't answer out loud unless you know the answer. Who most often, go ahead, take a chance. Who most often deceives you? Amen, brothers and sisters. Amen. Jeremiah 37, 9. This is what the Lord says. Do not deceive yourselves. <laughs> yeah, we know. Listen, we know Matthew chapter 24. Many false prophets will go out and deceive many people. We got it. But it says here, do not deceive yourselves thinking the Babylonians will surely leave us. They will not. Anthony Fauci's never going to leave the church as long as the church is his tool. He'll never leave. You ever fed a, a stray cat? Thing ain't never leaving. I had a pig, a wild pig, live in my garage for three years. You know why? Because I fed her. She's 300 pounds. I had a mattress that I took from the store next door at the Salvation Army. Put it on my garage floor, and she stayed there for three years. Because I fed her dog food covered with chocolate syrup. She loved it. That's where I told you. That's, where, that's who I discovered that I've been right all of these years. I've been a prophet all of these years, and I never knew it. I knew that lip smacking was disgusting and that no human being should ever smack their lips when they're eating. Is that you? Okay, just know that's exactly how the pig sounded. Exactly. That's how she ate. I'm just telling you. Worship team, make your way. I'll finish with these two verses. <laughs> Here's the, one of the biggest problems in the church, James chapter 1, verse 22. We will close quick, I promise you. You'll be out of here in about five minutes. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. It doesn't, there is no obfuscation. There is no way out. If you merely listen to messages and you do not do what the Bible tells you, you are ushering yourself into deception. 1 Corinthians 3.18, do not deceive yourselves. If any one of you thinks he is wise by the standards of this age, he should become a fool so that he may become wise. Simple as that. Confession is of God. Concealment is of the devil. Stand with me this morning. Thank you for listening to Foundation Church's weekly message. We hope that you have been encouraged and empowered. If you would like to partner with us, please visit foundationchurchfl.com and click on give.